If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. We'll read verses 1 through 13, share a little bit with you about the Lord's Supper, and then we will have a time of invitation because it's time to get it right, y'all. It's time to judge your own self. Hey, I can't judge you. I will not judge you, but we are to look at our own self. And clear it up. God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. The Lord Jesus has done paid the way. And it's time to get it right. Luke 22, verse 1. Now, the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot being of the number of the twelve, and he went his way and communed with the chief priests and the captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and coveted with him to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. Then came the day of unleavened bread, and the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us a Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when ye have entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the good man of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished there, make ready. And they went and they found just as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. Father, we honor you today, and we thank you for the privilege to observe this Passover meal. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to serve you. God, I thank you for those that are here today. Speak to their heart. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. The Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Passover is a Jewish festival. It's their festival of freedom. It celebrates when they were able able to leave Egypt. And that unleavened bread says that uh, the ladies... The Israelite ladies in a hurry that morning or that evening, whenever it was, made unleavened bread so it would keep, so they could carry it with them as they escaped into freedom. They still observe that day. It's observed eight days, but the real true, I understand Jews celebrate that for seven days now. Celebrating. Hey, it's a celebration time. The Lord Jesus said, as often as you do this. You do it in remembrance of me and you show forth my death until I come. Now off the top I want you to understand this is far as I'm concerned if you're saved, you're a child of God it's okay to protect this morning. Make sure your sins are forgiven. God's given us opportunity to make things right. You don't have to be a member of this church to partake, alright? They might say open, Whatever. But you're welcome, you're free this morning to do that. We want you to do that. And we are obeying the commands of the Lord when he said, as often as you do it. He didn't say y'all, he said you do it. You're showing forth my death 
until I come. <clears throat> it's amazing to me that the traditions that carry on today, I don't know about these large outfits, what they're doing or what they do not, but it's an, ob it's an ob observation to look back, you know, hey, look back at what the Lord Jesus has done. There's a choir saying about the cross and, and the dying and the resurrection and, and giving me a clear vision of what he has done for me. I mean, I want to <clears throat> express my desire to thank him, <clears throat> excuse me, for all that he has done for me and all that he is doing for me and through me. You see, it's, it's not about me. It's about him. It's not about you. It's about him. It's what he wants to do through us. You see, uh, God don't need us. We need him. But he wants to use us. He didn't put us here just to sit on a seat somewhere. He didn't put us here just to do what we want to do. He's put us here and set us aside for special work to honor and glorify his wonderful name. There is no other name, by the way, where you can be saved other than the name of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. That's what I believe. That's what I trust in. So the supper, the Bible says the supper was eaten on the very night in which he was betrayed. Verse 3 says, Then entered Satan into Judas' uh, surname Iscariot, being a number of the twelve. And it says he went his way. And he began to talk with the enemy. You got any enemies? We all do. The Bible says we are to pray for our enemies. We're to love them. And pray for them who despitefully use us. And you mark it down, they're using us. They will use us. But we've got to be bold enough to trust the Lord and pray for our enemies and love them. But we don't have to have eye contact and we don't have to shake hands with them. Judas was in cahoots with the devil and his crowd and so he accepted the bribe. We'll pay you this if you'll do this. I'll do it. You know, it's amazing. I mean, you look at the scripture down there, um, and he promised and sought opportunity, verse 6, to betray him. He made a promise to that crowd. He said, you can count on me. I'll come through for you. I'll find him. I'll locate him, and I'll let you know where he is, and I'll give you a sign as to how you know which one he is. He promised. He sought opportunity to betray him. And the Bible says in verse 7 that he did it in the absence of the multitude. You know what I believe about Judas? I believe he was frightened. I believe he was scared to death. He could have lost his life easy had the multitude come forth. But that wasn't God's plan, you see. It was in God's plan that he be betrayed. You see, and, and Judas just fell right into Satan's trap. You and I have a choice today. We don't have to fall into Satan's trap. They're everywhere out there. The Bible talks about snares. That's traps that the devil sets aside for you and me. He sets them aside for us. It's up to us whether we walk into it or not. I think of these, uh, I watch a lot of them, cowboy pictures. They say, hey, we better hold it. Could be an ambush. You mark it down, there are ambushes out there. The devil has set aside ambushes to ambush you and me <clears throat> as a child of God. 
And if we move forward and we don't back up and we don't say no, we end up in that trap. Can you imagine how an animal, these traps that we have today, must feel when they, the bait's there, the trap is set, and they go in and they begin to partake of the bait, and all of a sudden, and they turn around and they can't get out. And they fight. They fight the cage. Listen, people today are fighting cages. They're in sin. And they're locked in because of a trap that Satan set for them. And they don't understand and know how to get out of that trap. And it's very simple. And as the Bible says, confess our sins. Ask God to forgive us of our sins and repent of our sins and turn away, walk away. It's amazing to me what way God has fixed it to where we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Because when he died, the Bible says, when he gave up the ghost, the veil of the temple was opened up for you and me to enter right in. Well, the Last Supper. The, the disciples prepared the uh, Passover. They prepared. He sent them into town. It was in the home of a believer there in Jerusalem. Now, Jesus had kept the fe- feast from his youth. He had grown up in it, okay? And knowing everything, he knew what was coming. He set the example. This feast commemorated again the Egyptians from... I mean, the Israelites leave in Egypt. Their freedom, they were set free. Can you imagine what that must have felt like having been in bondage all these years and serving a Pharaoh and, and doing all the things that they had to do, such a hardship, many of them died. And then to get into the promised land. Well, as we go along this life, many of us died. You know, we're going to, we're going to either die young or get old or somewhere in between. It's coming one way or the other. That's something we can't change. We can't, we can't uh, put off. That's coming. And so as we think about what, what God has done in, in preparing uh, this uh, table for us to continue to enjoy, we, we, we think about this. Now, when I say enjoy, you listen, I'm enjoying my freedom in the Lord Jesus. And I hope that you are. You know, he's paid the way. And he said, do this as often as you do it. In remembrance of me, lest we forget. Hey, thank goodness it's been going on since the Lord met with his disciples in that upper room. Churches have been having communion. And it don't have to be a church. Hey, if you, if you meet someone who says, I, I would love for, to take communion, but I, I can't go. Let me know. We'll go to where they are and have it with them. You see, when a person desires something, we need to do our best as Christians to produce it for them, to to have it for them, so they can be a part of what's going on. The institution of the Holy uh, Communion. You see, the crucifixion, Jesus became our Passover. He became our sacrifice, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. A sacrifice was made. Well, they killed animals and let the blood run. 
that Jesus said, I'm, I'm no longer going to accept the blood of bulls and, and of goats and that kind of thing. I, I've already paid that. It's my blood now, not theirs. It's my blood and it's for you. The communion took place. The Passover. Can you imagine those who had the Passover the, the night that uh, the death angel went to every Egyptian home and the firstborn died? Can you imagine the funerals that was taking place the next few days? But the children of Israel, they were spared for one reason, because the blood, the death angel saw the blood that had been placed and they passed over. That's where that passed over. Hey, when, we, when we've asked God to forgive us of our sins, hey, the punishment is passed over. Passed over over. Don't forget that. The communion uh, is done in remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it, it's, it's every time you do this, he said. He didn't say how often, but he said every time you do this. First uh, uh, Corinthians eleven twenty five 25 says, for after, often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. The bread represents his body, okay? The cracker you're going to receive in a moment is representing the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be broken. It will be prayed over because his body was broken and prayed over for you and me. You're going to receive the cup which represents his blood that he shed for you and me. And listen, without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there is no remission of sin. You cannot get forgiveness of sin without the Lord Jesus and his blood. You cannot enter heaven today or any day without the shed blood of Jesus Christ having been applied to your soul and having Jesus live within you. You're not going to go. It's so important to get it right. Get it right. When I think about this, I think of the blessed cup and, and, the, and the broken uh, uh, bread. You know, without a, a grain, a, a kernel of grain being broken, you're not going to have flour. Without broken clouds, you're not going to have rain. Something has to be broken in order to receive blessings. And sometimes it's you and me that needs to be broken. Broken out of our little nutshell and, and begin to do something for God. He said, what do you do every day, all day, all week, between Sunday to Sunday? You know, what do you do with your life? Is Christ out there because of you? This was just one man who came and gave a testimony. He said, of the most beautiful coin he had ever seen. And I gotta have one, he said. Let's me know. Hey, I need to carry some around with me. <laughs> okay. In closing, before we have our time of invitation, I want you to understand who shall eat. Christians. That's who eats. The Bible says that each man shall be his own judge in First Corinthians eleven. It also says in 1 Corinthians, if you eat and drink the cup unworthily, you're guilty of the body of Christ. So how do you get out from under that? None of us, listen, none of us are worthy, okay? It's all because of his righteousness, and the only way we can be legally 
ready to partake of the Lord's Supper is to be forgiven of our sins. If you're lost this morning, I beg you, during our time of invitation, just simply come and say, I don't want to miss this opportunity. I want the Lord Jesus in my heart. I want to be saved. I want to live for him. Because listen, you are being invited to the table this morning. I don't ever remember 24 years that I lived at home my mama saying, don't you come to this table. It was always, supper's ready. Supper's ready. I want you to look right quick over there. I love it. Verse 20. I underline the word supper. Something about supper. It was the last meal. It was in the evening. And he invited them to come to the table. My mother knew what I liked. My Lord Jesus knows what I like. But you won't be partaking of the cracker this morning to represent his body. Your thirst will never be quenched like it is to partake of the juice that represents his blood. It's a serious hour. God's waiting. Don't say, I don't want to be embarrassed. Don't say, I don't want to create a scene. Can you imagine in hell right now, those who sit on church pews, those who watch the Lord's Supper being observed, and fail to accept him. Folk, I'm not teased. There are people in hell right now with good intentions. Well, the mark's coming. I just want you to obey the Lord. Now listen to me. If you're not going to sing, and you're not interested, the best thing you can do is bow your head so you don't distract someone that God is speaking to right now. Go ahead and get your hymnal if you're going to sing. What number is that, brother? 249. 249.